Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, I got Chris Ortiz with me today, and uh, we're going to talk about life and the lessons and everything. What's up, Easy? How you doing? Pretty good. So, um, so let's start off. Uh, how was your childhood, you growing up? Oh, childhood. Okay, yeah. man. <laughs> um, grew up in a single-parent household. Uh, my mom raised uh, my brother and I uh, pretty much on her own. You know, my dad was around... Uh, but he was, uh, he'd pick us up every other weekend, you know, and sometimes it wasn't every other weekend. Now, uh, don't get it twisted. My, my old man is a good man. Uh, I love him to death. Uh, he's no longer on earth anymore. You know, COVID got him. Yeah, was, I've, uh, I remembered you, uh, you invited me over to a barbecue uh, right before it happened, I think, right? Probably yes. like a couple of months before. For sure. And that was really cool because, you know, I got to meet some of your family and everything and, uh, yeah, he um he was definitely like a like a funny guy, you know, and liked to talk and you know like to hang out and stuff and uh, yeah, it was a pleasure meeting him for the first time. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude, you know. But uh, yeah, he had his down things too. <laughs> no one's perfect, right? But yeah. if I have to give credit, uh, credit goes to mom working multiple jobs. Yeah, uh, putting herself through school, raising uh, two teenage boys. Uh, not the easiest thing in the world, but uh, she did a hell of a job. And you know, yeah, y'all, y'all didn't grow up with the silver spoon, right? No, plastic spoon. <laughs> <That's the sound. laughs> plastic spoon. So yeah, so uh, definitely for her, you know, growing two kids and uh, you know, not, not was your neighborhood pretty bad or was it? In um, I see. We didn't know any better, you know, mm -hmm. but there was uh, about I think three uh, drive-bys on our street. Oh really? You know, but you know you. It didn't affect the way we played. I think it's uh, more of like back in the day, it didn't matter if that stuff went on. You know, you still went outside every day. You went outside and played. You saw your friends. You saw your homies. And, you know, something like that, you knew better than to hang around that house. Yeah. Or those houses because um, stuff was going down over there. But, yeah, three drive-bys. Oh, my know, goodness. In my, my time. So, so it, was, uh, it was hard as it is for like a single mother and then on top of that, you throw in a pretty rough neighborhood, and then you throw in some men, you know, and you know men like to show off and like to be hard and yeah, a lot you of know, that. that. So, so she she did did she have a tough time with you or? Uh, she was a uh, very strict. Yeah. You know, so like whenever she dropped the hammer, she dropped the hammer, and she was a a lady that believed in in a good spanking. Yeah. You know? Oh really? Oh my God, <laughs> man! You know, so she she bring the thunder with uh, with the spankings and. You know, we got to a certain age and the spankings went away, but the spankings were very effective for me and my yeah. brother. We we did not like the spankings because uh, mom could bring the thunder. She was a... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that that's good. Uh, yeah, you know, a uh, single mother, you know, she kind of relate to my mom. She was a single mother for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, so she, she was definitely strict on me too, you know. And, you know, I mean, they're just doing it to try to... Um, show like you know try to lead you in the right way for sure i don't yeah. think there was a spanking that i got that i didn't deserve <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, got, I deserved all them bad boys so um so what what made you get into teaching how, how how did that happen um i guess for as long as i can remember i think i always had a bug or an itch to uh, be a coach mm -hmm. and then you know if you're going to coach you have to teach uh, a vast majority of my paycheck is derived from being an educator and then I make maybe like an extra $5,000, I believe, 
with my coaching stipend. Oh, you wow. Know, so we're, we're teachers first, right? Yeah. And uh, coaches second. But I'd be lying to you if I said that uh, coaching is not, you know, the reason why I got into education. Really? Yeah, I know you, uh, you're you big in sports. And uh, so what, 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 uh, what are all the sports you played in your life? Mm, I played a lot of sports. We're yeah. from a different generation to where whatever was in season is, you know, what you played. You know, oh, wow. And, uh, we didn't have all these leagues and we didn't have all these select teams. You'd go to the park and, you know, you'd go play tackle football, you know, and you yeah. playing tackle football, you know, with guys that were playing, you know, varsity football at, at our high school. And you'd play baseball in the front yard and, yeah. you know, humming that tennis ball. And that tennis ball was coming a good, you know, <laughs> 70, 80 oh, miles an hour. And uh, yeah, you just was... played, man. You played. You didn't have to sign up. You, you played. But we did sign up for baseball back in the day, you know. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, those were the good days, huh? Where yeah. you, you got a lot of people playing outside, not a lot of electronics like we do now. And, and we yeah. did have electronics, too, you know, which is uh, kind of funny. We would just, you know, take care of the electronics, you know, whenever uh, the streetlights came on and then we had to go inside, and that's when the electronics, you know, became a thing. Yeah. You know, so we, we knew how to balance it. There was so much fun to be had outside, you know, going to a different street and going and hooping against... You know, the dudes that lived on that street. There was a lot of fun, you know, going to the neighborhood park, playing football against, yeah. you know, different dudes from different parts of the hood. You know, baseball, same thing, you know, like. Yeah. Just growing up was different back then. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, back then you had more sense of a community. Yes. And more culture, you know, more. You weren't so focused on social media. There was and, you know, Yeah. Because right now, you know, everybody gets on the phone and they feel like they're interacting with people. But in yeah. reality, you know, you're just lonely by yourself. You're not really interacting with anybody. But back then, you know, you didn't have a lot of that. So people would see each other face to face. And, you know, you had a more of a sense of a community. Hell yeah. You knew everyone from the hood, you know. Yeah. Like uh, you either, you know, fought them or you had, yeah. you know, played <laughs> ball with them or maybe both. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good friends that, you know, I'd get into it with. And, you know. Yeah. Just part of growing up. Yeah, so my next question is, uh, so, I mean, you're older than me, obviously. Yeah. Uh, not not to call you old, you know. I'm, just <laughs> I'm old, baby. 42. Nah, nah. 42. 42, still young. But, uh, like, what what are some things that you uh, noticed as you were growing up that you don't see now? Or some things that, you know, you wish you could see or you wish your kids could experience something that, you know, you don't see a lot nowadays? Okay, um. And, and you can you can say like you know the what we were just talking about social media and everything. Yeah, um, if we were talking about what is it that the kids need today mm -hmm. uh, that that we had back in the day, I would say it's simply just the joy of going outside and playing. Um, I'll take this from a coaching perspective. I think nowadays the quality of uh, athlete is definitely getting better. The training is better. The knowledge is better. The teams are better. You know the kids are playing. You know year round. Uh, what's different though is that everything is scheduled. You know, yeah. these kids get home and you know they got a little time to do homework. Then it's off to you know your next two-hour training session, or it's off to your next club practice, or it's off, you know, to your weeknight game. And everything is scheduled. Um, when we were growing up, the stuff was not scheduled. You know, you you did it. Mm -hmm. uh, you looked forward to it. it. It didn't feel like a job. And I think kids nowadays that are playing a lot of these sports, they do enjoy what they're doing, a vast majority of them, but they are very, uh, they're scheduled and it feels like a job. Yeah. And just yeah. interacting and speaking with the young people, they will tell you that it feels like a job. And that 
sometimes you lose the love. Whereas we we played because we loved to play. Mm -hmm. So there's a vast difference between something being scheduled and then something just organically just occurring. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I feel like nowadays everybody's so busy, you know. You got so many things going on and you got to do more and get less in a sense, you know, I feel like, you know. Uh, like I'm in college and the only reason I'm in college is to have that backup plan just in case, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, nowadays, you know, an associates isn't worth much as what it used to be worth, you know, you got more competition, more people. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people and, you know, uh, back, like, I, I don't know if you agree or not, it's, it's okay to disagree, but like back when you were going to college, you know, wasn't associates more than what it is now in your opinion, or is it the same thing? Um, I think education, like everything, is leveled up. You know, so mm-hmm. what, you know, a high school diploma uh, back in my, my parents' days used to mean something, right? Um, and then it became, you know, your associates. That was, you know, a pretty cool thing to have in your pocket. But then it leveled up again, and now you needed a bachelor's. And at the moment, I think, you know, to get to that next level, you got to have your master's yeah. or whatnot. So the, the game naturally levels up. More competition. Yeah, and it's it's not a bad thing, but I don't necessarily feel like it's um you need it also there's a lot of different avenues you know for the entrepreneurial spirit to Mm -hmm. to go in there because a lot of these kids are coming out of out of uh college and you know we we have a lot of debt i'm still paying i think it's like yeah a couple hundred bucks a month yeah you were talking about how you were still paying your debt yes and then uh now you're gonna be paying your daughter's debt maybe Uh, (laughs) or or a chunk of it or something i'll be paying some of it you know but it, that that's a it's a, it's a huge undertaking you know for to be a young person and then come out into the world and then be thrust into the world and have debt yeah it almost makes you like a slave to the system yeah because when you came out of school uh did you have a hard time uh looking for a job i could not find yeah, a job really i could not find a job i had to you I were telling it. me you, you were jack all trades you know you sold trailers Shit. and Dude, mobile I, homes and mobile homes and I was absolutely horrible. I did that for like six to eight months. Oh wow. I didn't sell a single Really? Well <laughs> a lot of people want to buy stuff, right? Yeah. But then you start running their credit and stuff and come at you with the three hundred, four hundred credit score and it's like, ah, we yeah. can't help you. So yeah. a lot of people, you know, that were trying to buy mobile homes, these are people that were turned away from buying, you know, like a normal home. Mm-hmm. And then they, they thought that they could possibly, you know, get a mobile home loan and it was like no, it's the same thing as a car loan or a, as a house loan. Like, you gotta have decent credit. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just saw a meme on Facebook that was talking about, you know, the poor getting poor and the rich are getting richer because, you know, if uh, if you got a rich guy and a poor guy and you know they're gonna go buy a pair of boots, and the ri- the rich guy gets the more expensive boots that'll last them, let's say, ten years, but the poor guy gets the poorer boots. That's going to last him, you know, probably a year. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, the poor guy spends a lot more than the rich guy on those pairs of boots. Because he buys them ten times. Because he keeps having to buy them. And then the rich guy only buys them one time. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of you think about it like people with credit. And then they go and get credit. And then, uh, you know, you're going to have to be paying interest on it, you know. And yeah. that, that interest is going to cost you about two to three times what that object would have cost you, you know, if you had cash in hand. Well, credit, when when taken care of properly, is a, is a great equalizer. It yeah. gives you the ability to, to have things that you probably couldn't purchase, you know, with cash alone. Yeah. That, also, that, an emergency comes up and you don't have cash, you know, you can use your credit or something. Yeah, where people, I think, mess up sometimes is that they go and they start buying things that they don't need. Yeah. 
you know, and uh, if you don't got the money for it and you don't need it, you probably shouldn't yeah. be buying it. But we're all guilty of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, I think some people have, uh, like, it all has to do with their personality, you know. Some people have an addictive personality where they get addicted to alcohol and drugs and credit. And then some people have, you know, different personalities where they don't struggle with that, you know. Sometimes, so, dude, you just got to gotta learn by screwing up. I, like, yeah. I screwed up one time right out of college real bad, man. Uh, and, and this is what taught me the lesson. Yeah. Was uh, I had just graduated, and I was uh, driving back and forth to, to Houston to work as a personal trainer over here at Bally's uh, Fitness. It's Fitness Connection now, but it used to be uh, Bally's uh, Total Fitness. And uh, I had this crappy car and the window wouldn't roll up oh man <laughs> there's about three days in a row man where i had a trash bag over the window oh man and uh it rained on me and i was i was soaking oh, wet man. so there was just one day that i i was fed up and i had enough of it and uh on the way home i stopped uh at a at planet ford speak of the devil oh man <laughs> and uh me and my daughter uh, my daughter was in the car and man she was she was crying and she had pooped in her diaper like Everything that yeah. could have been wrong went wrong, man. And yeah. I went in there and I, I found a vehicle and I said, I want that one. And I didn't really? negotiate. I didn't bargain. I was just so fed up yeah. of having this piece of crap car that I was driving 45 minutes, you know, one way. And, uh, dude, I ended up getting a car with like a, like a 500 and something dollar oh, man. note, you know, each month. And I couldn't afford that. I don't even know if my yeah. paychecks were that much, but <laughs> I had just been pushed to a point to where I was like, uh, enough of this yeah so uh i damn near you know screwed up my, my credit for my life yeah now, thank the good lord i got a good wife and she's like oh, yeah oh <laughs> hell no we ain't screwing up our credit and yeah. uh I'll, I'll be damned if we you know we didn't pay that bad boy off you know five years later yeah you're uh, i met your wife a couple times you know and she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders she and did. she knew she understood the value of credit i was gonna let it go yeah i didn't my my dad was not good with credit He'd yeah buy stuff and not pay it back <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's definitely sad you know uh, like my grandparents you know they got here at an old age and uh they still you know they got to use their credit card for certain things and house bills and stuff and you know they they i mean i don't i don't know when they're gonna pay it off you know if they are i mean it's probably just never. probably never and you know it's, it's sad because <coughs> you know like you said you know you, you uh you didn't have money you know you were just out of college and um you were in a tough spot. Yep. And uh, sometimes we let our emotions dictate our, our, our what we spend, what we do. You know. A hundred percent, man. It's it's a hundred percent what happened. Like your mindset has a lot to do with. Um, What's well, so easy to screw up credit too, right? Like just just screw up one time. And yeah. And it like you're done, you know. Yeah, they um, you know, banks and stuff. They they're really smart people, and they know they know how to get people, you know. And uh, you just got to be careful, you know, not to. Yeah. Not to spend too much and live below your means, kind of type thing, you know. Yeah, so uh, I definitely uh, my wife saved us on that one. Or else yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be living here in the Woodlands, Texas, in the house that we're in right now. Yeah, congrats on your new house. Um, so you, how long have you been living here? Uh, we just moved to this new spot about uh, two months, no, two years ago. Oh wow! And uh, it's the house of our dreams. Uh, the, the thing that you know we had always pictured in the spot that we always pictured two minutes from work like yeah everything's perfect man yeah the the cool thing about the woodlands is like you said it before it's like a bubble you know so yep. you pick one spot and then you kind of have everything around you in that little bubble you know i don't gotta go anywhere i got h-e-b around the corner got the mall around the corner the movies 
kids. You got good walking trails, yep. uh, good schools. and It's the American dream, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was rated, you know, best city in America so far, so. Yeah, some, some people didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, so yeah, so you got your new house and, you know, uh, you want to talk about before you got the house, where'd you live at? Yeah. How man. was it? Shoot, we uh, got a, so when we moved out of Huntsville, we uh, moved to a little spot called Chateau Woods over there behind uh, Oak Ridge. Yeah, I think I heard of it. Railroad tracks and. <laughs> had a little house man you know yeah. i don't even know if it was a thousand square feet and three bedrooms and like you could tell a secret in one room and you could hear it in the other man like yeah it, it was definitely a, a starter home but it was yeah. very good to us we raised you know my daughter you know all the way through it uh my son for the big majority of his life and uh i think it was good to be to be humbled and, and to grow up like that and yeah just and what about uh, Whitney, your wife? Um, I, I know you grew up, you know, lower lower funds and stuff. Did she grow up the same way? Or? She's kind of got like a mixed bag because uh, her dad was always in sales. Mm -hmm. And uh, when times were good, they were good. Yeah. You know, when times were bad, they, they were bad, you know. So she, um, she got to experience both ends of it. You know, and uh, her dad's a really good guy. Uh, God rest his soul. But he was also kind of like my dad in the sense that he was not the most um, responsible when it came to his finances, you know. So uh, I know Whitney's mom a lot of times had to hop in and jump into action to make sure that, you know, just to make sure that they were able to make ends meet. Oh, wow. But uh, like I said, when times were good, splurging, and when times were bad, you know, like rubbing two nickels together. Yeah. Well, that that's good because, you know, some people that didn't, you know, grow up the way you did would probably see your situation and be like, ah, oh, you know what, I'm going to go leave this guy or I'm going to do this, you know. But she seems like a really good person. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, she's the best, man. Yeah, how, how'd you uh, meet her? You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually met my wife in college. We uh, lived in this apartment complex called uh, UPA, which is uh, at Sam Houston State, and it's behind the Jolly Fox, and... She was just this uh, really cool girl that would come over and hang out with the guys, and um, you know, after hanging out for a while, you know, I guess I developed feelings for her. And the funny thing is, is I think that every guy in our our little uh, clique had probably developed feelings for her. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's probably like eight or ten of us that you know oh, she was man. in there playing dominoes with us and stuff, but probably yeah. like eight or ten dudes that. Uh, we're, we're also, you know, on the sly fighting for her attention. <laughs> oh, wow. So I guess I was a, I was the lucky one, man, and uh, I'd, uh, won that battle. I almost yeah. fought my best friend. Really? Yeah, man. Oh, I thought uh, someone had told me something. My best friend was trying to, to move in on her and stuff. And, oh, wow. <laughs> man, I know, but it's funny, man. Uh, love will make you do some, some strange things. Yeah, I probably sure. would have got my ass kicked, too, yeah. if I'm being honest. <laughs> He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, I'm glad, you know, you got with her and she got with you. You yeah. know, y'all seem like two very nice and decent people. And, you know, I think that's what it takes, you know, to build a family. You know, it's two decent people because, you know, sometimes you get one good person and one bad person, you know. And then uh, you, it just won't work, you know. No matter how much you make it, you want to make it work. It's, it's definitely a work to remain married because... Uh, it's not like you just you're the same person that you were when you met one another. Yeah, that that is very true. And then uh, all the love and all the lust, you know, it kind of comes and goes, and you know, you got to fall in love with the person that you're 
that you're with and you have to love them for all of their qualities. You just can't, you know, I'm not, I don't look the same way as I looked in college. I had a six pack in college, you know, I was fairly athletic, I was jacked, uh, you know, a little pudgy now compared to what I used to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> our, our looks are going to go and, you know, thank the good Lord, uh, we were very good friends prior to getting together and I think that that's the key to the relationship. You don't want to let your uh, your friend down. Yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they get together because of lust or, you know, because the other person can provide them with something, money, you know, uh, you know, all sorts of things, popularity, you know, things like that. And it's, uh, you know, throughout the years, you know, that stuff fades away, you know. If, you, if y'all aren't truly in love with each other, then, you know, uh, someone's going to give up and, you know, it's, it's going to cause a lot of problems, so... Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's definitely good. And then y'all raise your two kids. How yeah. old are they? Uh, my daughter Tatum is twenty years old, and then my son Luke is sixteen years old. You know, so we've raised you know a couple of teens or twenty somethings together, and you know we're getting into a point of our life where you know the boy end up moving out pretty soon, and you know it'll just be us, you know, and then we'll figure out, you know, like uh, I, like I, again, I think everything's gonna go fine, but. That's yeah. going to be another, another like, evolution. That'll yeah. be another transition is, you know, what do you do when the kids are gone? And some people, like... They, they fall. They, they fall apart at that point because the kids were the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. And the kids should be the centerpiece, but there should also be something there, you know, when the kids leave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, once your kids leave and stuff, you know, it'll be a little different. But, you know, yeah, you know, if y'all really love each other, then, you know, I think it'll be all good, you know? Oh, for sure. I, I definitely think so, too. I think we can both uh, grow into that role. Yeah. You know. What uh, what, is, what is your daughter studying? Uh, she's studying psychology right now. So I know that she's uh, looking at becoming a therapist of some sort. Oh, I'm wow. I'm not quite sure, you know, what avenue she'd like to go into. Um, but, yeah, she is studying therapy or to be a psychologist or psychiatrist at uh, the University of Houston right now. And she is currently in her sophomore uh, year of school. Oh wow! So, um, so you think that probably stems from something that she went through, maybe? Maybe. Um, no, I think she's just always kind of had like a, a heart and likes to help. Yeah. And I think that uh, psych psychology is a, an area where you know those two. Especially things... right now, you know, a lot of people <clears throat> are dealing with mental health and stuff. So, yeah, you, uh, you were telling me, you know, she kind of went through a little bit of a depression, right? Well, I think uh, just in general. This uh, generation right now um, is struggling with that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, who better, you know, to help the young people than someone that has experienced that. It's like having a coach, yeah. you know, and you, you want your coach to have, you, you don't, like, let's say that, uh, that you play baseball, right, and you're a baseball coach. Well, if the most you ever did is play Little League Baseball, you know, what does that tell you about your coach? Like, your coach may not have the proper experience to, to help you out properly. Now, if this is a coach that played in high school, played in college, even, even played professionally, you know, that went through it, they have a different perspective that is uh, worth more than the guy that only played in Little League. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you I know. think that uh, the word also, like uh, depression, I think that it's, uh, it's more prevalent. Uh, it's almost becoming... Like the normal the thing. The norm, <laughs> especially like uh, working in education. I yeah. 
see a lot of kids that are, are dealing with it, and it's, it's, it's in their paperwork. Yeah. Know, that they're, they're struggling with it, and the number is, it's trending up. Yeah. Exponentially. Sure. Do, you, uh, do you think, um, uh, like, do you think it's because technology has evolved and uh, people have a new, kind of like a different, a more advanced mindset to where we're recognizing the problem now? Like, you know, it's, it used, do you think it used to be like, oh, you know, he's just quiet, or, you know, he... You know, uh, it's just like that or something, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of brushing it off. Do you think now people are starting to realize it more or do you think it's like a new trend? Like, I think it's uh, definitely a new trend and new I think trend. that uh, technology has helped accelerate it. Yeah, uh, social media. Well, there's different chemical responses that go on inside of our brains uh, whenever we're poking around on social media. And uh, when you get those highs, you know, when you get the likes and the comments and stuff, you know, your your brain really is hitting, like, the, the button that makes you feel good. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're not getting that stuff, you know, you're thinking, you know, what's wrong? You, know, you could possibly be looking at your friend's social media and you look at all their likes. but Or you look at the good time that everyone is having in their pictures. But we all know, uh, as you get a little bit older, it's like, that's just like, a, it's just a picture. It's not... Really, really a reflection of what's going on even like this uh this young lady that was murdered by her boyfriend right like yeah uh, brian, you... brian laundry and i forget the uh yeah yeah i know who you're talking about but uh, that young lady you know if you just go look at their social media account they were having the time of their lives they're traveling yeah. cross country they're smiling they're doing tiktoks this that and the other like but no one would have ever you know guessed in a million years that there's a ticking time bomb sitting right next to you, you know, and he's about to off you. Yeah, um, yeah, I listen to a lot of true crime and stuff. I know your wife is a fan of it, too. And, um, yeah, they, um, you know, I listen to the whole case and everything. The cops, even the cops, you know, they, they stopped them uh, because there was an incident at a restaurant where they were saying, you know, Brian was uh, grabbing her and, you know, kind of being mean to her. And uh, eventually what ended up happening, you know, I think she got slapped by him. But she, you know, he he brainwashed her to make her feel guilty. Yeah. So then she ended up being the guilty one. But you know, the cops, you know, very trained professionals. You know, they know how to how to detect lies and body uh, movements and everything. You know, and they were fooled by him. You know. Oh yeah, man. I mean, we can all put on a, a good face for a couple of minutes, you know, and get out of a bad situation. So. Yeah. I definitely think that. Um, again, going back to the original question. That, uh, you know, depression and anxiety, these are things that are, are popping up more and more and more. And the more, you know, we interact with uh, social media and the more we disconnect from real life, I think that, that's yeah. going to be the trend. <laughs> like, think yeah. about this, man. Like, if you was, back in the day when you were in school, you didn't even have a cell phone, did you? Um, or did you have a cell phone? I had, honestly, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think we had much of a cell phones, and the people who did, they had money. Fit, fit loans, you know, like the yeah. flip ones and stuff like that. But if you had a, if you had trouble at school, yeah, it stayed at school until the next day. Yeah. Whereas today, like if there is something going on, it's all over. It's all over the place. Like you're getting texts, you're getting Snapchats, you're getting, getting you know, tagged and yeah, tagged, messaging. You know, like there's a hundred different ways for you not to be able to connect with reality, kind of. Well, or disconnect. You can't put it away. Yeah, disconnect. Disconnect. Yeah. You know, so it's it's always right there. And again, sometimes the boogeyman is something that we create. It's not even like a real boogeyman. It's yeah. It's something that's in our own head that's telling us, you know, we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not, you know, swole enough. Yeah. Or successful enough. Successful you know? enough. That's a big one because, 
you know, there's a lot of social media influencers and, you know, people get paid, you know, to be an influencer and to act like they got a perfect life. And they, they put that, they put that show and they record it, they blog, they do all that type of stuff to get paid, you know. And people look at that and they're like, well, how come, you know, I don't have this or how come I don't have that, you know. And I need to be here and I need to be there. I need to be at that level. And, you know, that kind of, you know, that that takes you kind of away from life, you know. Like, yes, instead, instead of being happy with what you got and with who you have, it ends up being like, man, I need to be here. I need to do this, you know. And I think that's, you know, that's human nature. You know, we always want to competition you know you look at the wild animals you know you, they they're in a competition of who's the biggest and the baddest you know the king of the jungle you know and you got the prey and you got the predator predator you know and it's kind of like that you know we're, we you know instead of going out there and hunting the prey we're out there hunting the job we're out there hunting the the wife the good looking girl you know we're out there hunting the money you know we're doing that so yeah it, it's kind of I, I like to see how it plays out you know more and I would really like for people to start like researching this type of stuff, you know, how it's how it's affected our society. I think you can research all you want, man, but like we've already gone in this direction, and it ain't, that ain't it's stopping. not gonna change. <laughs> like it's only gonna get worse. get worse, you know. Um, even like the young adults, you know, that I work with. Um, yeah, how that's a good a good point to bring up, you know, because you kind of. You know, you're a little bit older, so you can tell the difference between the new teachers and the old ones, you know? Even these new teachers, man, like, they're all caught up in it, you know, and they're they're all caught up in it in the, in the same way that that a kid would be caught up in it. And I guess because they're, they're still kids, too. You know? Yeah. Like, in America, we have the luxury of being a kid up into our 30s, whereas you go to another country, and, you know, as soon as you turn 14, 15, like, you you're working. a man. Yeah. Or you're a woman, you know, because you're, yeah. you're out there working, and... Over here, you know, you're allowed to be a teenager, shit, until you're probably about 40 now. A lot of people yeah. sleeping on their parents' couch. Wow. Yeah. Rent is expensive, you know. Uh, cost of living is expensive. Well, hey, uh, let's do this, man. I'm going to step out real quick, and then uh, mm -hmm. let's let's uh, finish this chat whenever I get back, Eric. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. We're back with uh, Coach Ortiz, and uh, we were talking about social media and how it's kind of affecting our society and, you know, get a take from somebody that's lived through a no social media and then a social media, so. Yeah, it's wild, dude. It's wild, <laughs> man. I don't think I got a, a phone until, I don't think into my 20s. Oh, wow. You know, and even those phones, you know, they, they didn't have social media. All you could do was, you had a little Nokia. Yeah. And, uh, how do you, um, how do you, are you, do you got some... Are you kind of scared for your children? Me? In the sense for, you know, what's going on? Are you, uh, is there anything, any that worries you about them? About, you know, social media and how it affects them? Um, just in general, you know, I know that it's, uh, it, you can do a lot of good with it. I don't want to, you know, beat it over the head and act like it's the devil. Anything, when used responsibly, is normally going to be okay. It's whenever we we don't... Well, we're not responsible. Like, you could drink too much water. Too much water will kill you. Like, yeah. just drinking it, you could you could literally drown. People drown from drinking oh, wow, too really? much water. It is a thing. <laughs> wow. Your favorite thing, like chocolate, mm -hmm. eating responsibly yeah. is fine. It even has some health benefits, just like wine, but too much. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, I get worried about more so not, like, social media, but just uh, 
us in our country, we want to do everything in excess. Yeah. You know, we want to eat too much. We want to drink too much. You know, we want. Yeah, we're the most obese country in the world, I think. Yeah. But everything, you know, like we want to force our kids to to practice this many hours. You know, we want to force our kids to take this many classes. You know, or take these high upper level classes. Like it's never. It's never enough. It's never enough. So I worry more so about um, the things that we do in excess more so than let's say like social media. But social media is something when done in excess. Uh, it's unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, in this country, we yeah do it in excess. Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of you know being on my phone a lot, and you know that I, I can see where that takes away from me doing other things. You know that that would be better for me, and you know it kind of uh you know it kind of takes a lot of time. You know you get on your phone, you log into Facebook. You know you spend thirty minutes. You log into Instagram, another thirty minutes. You know, you go on Snapchat another 30 minutes, and before you know it, you know, it's like, where's two hours of my day gone, you know? Yeah, you, you're you're done. I know, like, at the end of the YouTube, week. YouTube, you know. At the end of the week, uh, I get that weekly update, and I'm, I'm hovering between two and three hours a week. Of, oh, wow. Uh, you know, that, that's not too bad. It, it's not, <laughs> man, but you add it up, you know, yeah. four weeks, and then that's, you know, which is a month, right? And then that's like, you know, eight, nine hours, and then you, you know, do it over, you know, a year, and it's like you've spent a day or two just in social media so like I, I I recognize it's negative effects but it can also you know do a lot of good it's just it's a tool we got to make sure that we're not overusing yeah for tool. sure um you know I've I seen a lot of YouTube videos about fishing and stuff and that's kind of made me you know get more knowledge on that kind of like the sports that you play you know so mm -hmm. it, it, it does help and then you know social media at the same time helps you connect with people that you know that you don't see on a daily basis but you can see what they do and their faces and kind of what their interests are so in a sense you're like with them but not with them i reconnect know? all the time with uh, with friends that i haven't seen in a while yeah you know and if i know i'm going to be out of town and i know a friend lives you know in that in that spot that i'm going to you know you best believe that i'm gonna holler at you and we're gonna we're gonna kick it a little bit you know yeah. so there's been a lot of <laughs> positives that have come you know from my social media you know mm -hmm. interaction so, like I said, I don't want to beat it over the head. I think just being responsible with it. Yeah. And just understanding that it's it's a tool and it's nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so how how's your teaching career been overall? It's been uh, pretty smooth. You know, I've done a lot of different things. I've worked, you know, as a resource, you know, language arts and, and science teacher where I was working with kids that, you know, they were behind the eight ball, so to speak, you know, a couple yeah. of grade levels, you know, so they were a little bit uh, behind, and my job was to help them get caught up. Uh, I've worked in uh, something called SDC, where I was uh, working with kids that were emotionally uh, emotionally disturbed. Maybe uh, they had, you know, some autism that was causing behavior problems, but, you know, these were kids that would be with me for probably... 80, 90, 100% of the day. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. it wasn't a big class. Yeah. The, the, there were some heavy hitters, man. Yeah. That, that's pretty amazing, you know, that uh, that you did that, you know, helping. Because you're kind of going a little bit beyond, you know, what the normal teacher does. So, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're going way beyond, you know, what a normal teacher has to deal with. There's there's a big segment of our, I won't say big, It's a, there's a small segment of our population, though, that that's 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 them you know yeah and every school has yeah you know, I, I remember seeing you know four to eight kids like that yeah so those yeah. kids exist man yeah 
and uh, they need uh, they need guidance, they need structure, they need discipline. Just like everybody else. Just like everyone else, you know. So it's how um so I know you dealt with some people that were kind of mentally disturbed as well. That you, you said, that's the ones I was yeah, talking about. They um killed animals, you know, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple of kids. So kind of like uh, the kids that are like would grow up to be like a serial killer. I uh, no 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 I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh okay. I okay. would definitely not go that far. <laughs> I think you could have a kid that's in a pre AP in an honors course could grow up to be. Yeah yeah know, very like, true. That's a. Uh, I mean, they, they, I, I'll just put it like this: some of the kids in there, you know, had, had done some things that, um, you know, I know that they wouldn't be too proud of, and yeah. Uh, but we all make mistakes, you know. You don't want to. Yeah say that you did this this one time or a few times and then that's you yeah now on the other hand could it be you yeah yeah <laughs> you know the the shoe could fit yeah but um for the most part you know these are good kids if mm -hmm. given the proper balance of uh structure discipline uh someone that cares about them like you can you can help these kids like yeah they, they want to be helped they just need to find out where they fit in yeah and sometimes we don't do a good job of um, oh yeah of showing these kids you know where they they fit in but for the most part my experience is you know these kids are gonna be all right yeah well that's good you know uh you know y'all how many kids are in your typical class well i don't do that anymore yeah or just like your normal class so I, as of late you know i've done i did three years of u.s history and then i've also i jumped into teen leadership this year so you're looking at anywhere you know in between like 20 and 30 kids yeah, so imagine, you know, 20, 30 kids, and how many classes do you teach a day? Um, as a coach. Um, or I as a teach. teacher? Yeah, well, I, I teach, let me see, four classes, but then I'm also coaching first and seventh period. So six of my seven hours of the day wow. are spent instructing. And um, that's kind of weird because, you know, at Knox Junior High, you know, a regular teacher will get, you know, five periods with planning period and then an off period whereas coaches for whatever reason they think we don't need the same amount of time we <laughs> yeah. have to teach six periods really and uh, to me that's uh it's kind of a backwards i don't yeah i don't get it because we we work our tails off i don't yeah if anything y'all need more time you know for yourselves kind of because you're dealing with coaching as well well if you're a head coach i would say especially you would deserve an extra period or two off because there's a lot of uh, planning that goes on behind the scenes that people are not even aware of and uh, coaching is the easy part the hard part is all the planning getting the refs getting the buses finding tournaments finding games yeah there's coaching a... is easy you just you know you come to practice you know you work them through some good drills you know teach these kids you know to compete you know and you go out there and you and you you walk them through you know a battle and then, you know, come out on the other side and you're fine. It's all the, the planning and prepping that makes coaching difficult and sometimes the parent interactions. But yeah, other than that, like, the coaching is the easy part. It's the stuff that people don't see. Yeah, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. A ton of behind-the-scenes stuff, man. Lots of red tape, lots of, lots of stuff that, again, people are not privy to. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, um... Yeah, and that that's kind of like, you know, what I guess teachers would like to see less of maybe is, uh, you know, less uh, book work and more actually interacting with kids. and It's weird. Uh, in education, like, we are all being measured by these state exams. And these state exams at the end of the year are what 
tell you, or I guess tell everyone, you know, were you successful teaching these kids this school year based on, you know, their passing rates? And um, there, there's a lot of good stuff that, that, that goes on because, you know, there's an accountability piece. But there's also a lot of stuff to where you're, you are teaching towards a test and you don't have the ability, I think, to uh, be as creative or maybe even stay on some topics that you would like to stay on. Instead, you know, you're just kind of like just touching everything at face value and then you got to move on to the next one. Just touch it at face value, move on to the next one. And how deeply do you really get to understand something if all you do is you just touch it at face value? So yeah. I think there's a big problem with that. Plus, I think those tests are a bunch of BS, man. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the, the way that they ask the questions, like yeah. they're trying to they're trying to trick the kids now. Yeah. It's not even like you know the information. It's it's like let me give you a riddle and then if you get yeah. past the riddle, let me see if you can answer the question. I don't think that that makes for a better student. It's Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, cuz I'm a student and uh you know, we uh you know, pretty much every class, you know, even welding what I'm doing right now is like it's like, okay, you got four weeks to learn this position, and you got to weld, and then, you know, we'll move on to the next, and then we'll move on to the next, and then we'll move on to the next, you know. In a classroom setting, same thing, you know, you got to learn this subject, and then this, and then this, and then that. So it's kind of like, you know, it's all programmed, and it's like, you know, you're not really learning much that way. I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, you're just kind of pushing through, and, you know, I mean, you learn the basics, but, you know, you don't really dig deep to, like, the actual thing you know and i mean i mean there's a bunch of kids you know and you can't do you can't spend you know the whole semester on one subject you know yeah and you shouldn't yeah yeah but you know i i i do think you know there's a lot of work to do when it comes to education yeah and i don't think that one test is, is going yeah to, uh, a lot of you know a lot of kids don't do good in tests you know they um they do good all year you know they turn good grades and then, then when they get to that test uh, some people are wired differently, you know, and they get real nervous, and then they forget everything, you know, kind of. Not just thing. that, man. There's like, there's so many tests that they give these kids now. Mm-hmm. Like these kids are burnt out on tests. Yeah. You, you know, it used to be the start. They 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 get up, they'd get up for the test, and they'd show out for the test, and they was ready to take that test. But now, like, we give them, you know, tons of benchmarks, give them tons of these these other state tests, and by the time they get to the, the one that truly matters, that we're all being measured on. Like they're tired of it, man. They're yeah. done, and they can't tell the difference between this one and, you know, one that was given like two months ago that had a different, you know, acronym. Like they're they're tested out. Yeah. They're okay. done. They're like, you know what? I'm just gonna mail it in. Let me circle A B C D A yeah. B C D, and then put my head down. Like, and I get it because I used to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Abacadabra, baby. Abacadabra. Yeah. Your brain, you know, it's uh, it only works so much, and then after a certain time, you know, you kind of get tired of it, and you're like. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> oh, and yeah, here's the deal, man. Like, I did horrible on those tests, and I'm a great, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a great teacher. I don't... Yeah. It's, there, there's more to education than these stupid tests. Yeah. And, uh, um, I don't know if you heard um, that, you know, Texas is uh, putting their foot more into the education side and wanting to block off what teachers can teach in history about slavery and, uh, you know, that happened in Texas, and, you know, uh, they're trying to get rid of books that explain about slavery and, um, you know, racial tensions, you know. It has a name. I can't think of the name, but it's something that they're trying to do right now. I think it's more, I, I think it's it's more, 
you know, it's more blown up on the news than what it really is. It's like we have a curriculum that we have to teach. It's it, we have to touch on these certain points. Like the state gives us a curriculum, mm-hmm. and you know, and and you can teach all these things. Now, the the thing is, I think that sometimes some of these teachers are taking liberties with that stuff, and they're. Mm-hmm. I do believe that you know there probably are some teachers that insert their their personal views where they they don't need to. If you just teach the history, the history speaks for itself. You don't have to put your own personal bias to history, you mm-hmm. know, in order for for young people to understand what went on. Like you could you can teach a whole you know lesson, you know, a whole week's worth of stuff on slavery, and just the material is going to tell you that it was wrong. It's you know one of the worst things about you know capitalism. Uh, you don't have to throw in all the extra stuff, you know, saying, you know, like white people are evil or mm-hmm. no, man, it's, that's not all necessary. Just teach what is in the curriculum and like you can get the picture. Yeah. So I, I, I think that the, the media vastly overblows that, uh, you know, there's like some weird things going on. There are like some, some parents that are trying to get some books out of the libraries and yeah, what you know, what Texas is trying to do—they're um, kind of ba- they're trying to erase history in a sense, you know. I guess uh, I haven't seen that though. Yeah. Like, as someone that's on the inside, um, all the all the things that need to be taught are being taught, and mm-hmm. and they uh, and they speak for themselves. Yeah. Again, I think that uh, most of this comes from uh, parents being upset when teachers are taking liberties mm-hmm. with uh, the curriculum and giving their own like viewpoint you yeah know? You, you shouldn't be waving your your republican flag or your democrat flag whenever you are teaching you should be teaching the material and then letting the young people come you know to their own conclusions and i think that that happens you know on both sides i've heard kids <laughs> come back and say oh so and so is a republican i'm like oh how do you know and it's like <laughs> you know because you probably you shouldn't know that's not yeah. That's not what we're talking about, right? And then vice versa. If our kids come in and say, oh, so-and-so is a Democrat. And like, how do you know that? Yeah. I think it's a you know, shame on those teachers that are putting their, their viewpoints out there knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah, we, um, we're definitely, you know, we're going through a shift kind of in, uh, in, in this country, you know, uh, when it comes to politics. You know, people are really strong on their views right now, you know. And you know that that's causing a lot of uh, a lot of stress and a lot of uh, uh, concentration concentration between people right now. Yes and, and no. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. I, I think that for the most part, I think most of us get along. I think it's whenever we start trying to let our viewpoints like be known. You know, like uh, there's a lot of people that I don't see eye to eye with, but we don't talk politics. Therefore, like we get along. You shouldn't talk politics and yeah. you shouldn't be talking about <laughs> religion or else, you know, you're going to have your feelings hurt. Yeah. You know, and those are two things that I like to steer clear of. And I like people a whole lot better not knowing their politics and not yeah. knowing their their religion. Because for the most part, I think people fall somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's some crazy folks that are on the fringe on the right side and there are some crazy people on the fringe that are on the, the left side. And, you know, for the most part, I think most people live in the middle. Yeah. I don't think most people live on those fringes. But I think the, the media likes to likes to perpetuate all of our differences. I think that mm-hmm. you got different countries that are trolling us. Mm-hmm. And they're making us, you know, kind of be at odds with one another. Like, that's, that, that's real stuff, man. Like, 
Yeah. Ain't no one going to come head-to-head with us, you know, maybe except for China, but well, they will let us fight each other, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they'll pick off the leftovers. Yeah. Well, you know, China's doing uh, – They, I guess they got mad, you know, because they were insulted during the pandemic and stuff, uh, you know, by our last president. And, uh, you know, they're not sending a lot of supplies like they used to over here, which is causing, you know, a lot of other problems. So, you know, so going back to what you said, you know, about them not – about them kind of – kind of stirring up problems as well you know yeah you know it's 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 happening well hey man when you're on top everyone's trying to knock you down and mm-hmm. you know and here's the deal maybe they're what's next you know because yeah. you know we're we're their biggest customer mm-hmm. i mean you know? yeah take a look at the clothes you're wearing everything comes from china you know everything has that made in china sticker on it a lot of it does you know yeah. so and you know a lot of that that stuff is because of the cheap labor you know that they um that they that they're getting so uh, yeah a lot of it's on us too though because we like we like that cheap stuff instead yeah. of saying hey I'll pay a couple extra bucks you know and you know build it over here or get it taken care of over here in America yeah like we we're all about going to Walmart and buying you know, cheap things. cheap stuff so it, a lot of it's it's on us too man like we have yeah. decisions to make and unfortunately you know we we err on the side of being cheap yeah so we just further fuel the problem like <laughs> Yeah. There's problems on on all ends of this, man. It yeah. ain't going to be fixing the finger at us or at somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, what inspires you? Oh, shoot, man. <laughs> i tell you what, what inspires me, man, is like I like, uh, I like people. People uh, inspire me. I, I like to see uh, ingenuity. I like to see people being creative. I like to, to see like young people lose themselves in a craft i like to watch you know people chase their dreams you know there's a a lot of things that uh, inspire me so i i get inspiration from from people i like uh like the pro wrestlers man i I love the hell out of these young pro wrestlers and i have a lot of them on my show uh because they're they're taking a chance at chasing their dream and um it doesn't pay very well and it's a rough spot and you're gonna be at the bottom for for years if you ever find a way to make it you know or it's your full-time job but golly man you know the things that they do to, to chase the dream and then to see some of them you know get to that get to that spot where they they get a contract from one of these big country uh, companies it's awesome I like to watch the kids draw on a doodle on the side of their paper and uh, see all the talent that they got going and they don't even realize how good they are you know they haven't even taken an art class or anything they've just practiced on the side of their paper for years and they don't realize like how how amazing they can be so for me uh, people is where I gather inspiration whether it be family students you know co-workers yeah that, that's a very good point uh, and especially since you're a teacher, so you get to see a lot of different people and a lot of different interests and a lot of growth, you know, between those people and stuff. Oh, my God, yes. So that that's a very good uh, point, you know. Uh, seeing others succeed inspires you, which is a good thing because, you know, some people see other people succeed and they, they grow it. envy. So, you know, you, you and, you know, a lot of those people that, that grow envy, most of the time they're not successful in life, you know. Yeah, well, they're and, too uh, worried about, you know, what someone people. else is doing when they should be worried about themselves, man. I'm of the belief that there's a big-ass pie, and we can all have a slice of this pie. Yeah. Like, there's so much pie. Oh, yeah. Quit looking at that other dude's slice. Like, yeah. Go take care of your slice. There's plenty of pie, though. It's just yeah. like Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
yeah, you know, other yard guys that I've uh, talked to and stuff, you know, some of them aren't nice, you know, and I'm over there trying to be nice to them, and they're kind of looking at me with the bad eye, you know, like, you know, like, get away from me, you know, you're my competition, but it's like, you know, it, it would actually help us if we all help each other in a sense, because if I talk with you and my prices are lower, your prices are low, we help each other, you know, understand that. But if if I just look at somebody with a bad eye and it's like, oh, you know, you're my competition, get away from me. It's like, you know, I mean, there's no reason for that. Like you said, you know, there's plenty of work and, you know, if we could all come together and help each other out, we would all do better, you know. For sure, man. And like, how many times have you sent business to somebody else? Yeah. Like when And I've had others send business to me. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of grass to be cut, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to rain and the Especially sun's going to come Especially in Texas, out. so. So, yeah. Yeah, people got to quit being so stingy. And, but I... We are. We are a great country, man. We're human, you know what I'm saying? We got our instincts and, you know, we got our emotions. And, you know, some people were raised different. You know, I think how you were raised, and I'm not talking about money. I think the most important thing is, like, how your family is, how your parents are. Is It will dictate a lot on how you will be, you know. Uh, people learn from example, you know. It's, uh, it's a, you know, if you, if you see your dad drunk every single day, your mom you know, doing some like a stripper or something, you know. <laughs> like, I, I kind of think about the movie uh, Michael Myers, you know, Halloween. Yeah, have you seen it where his mom's a stripper? No. And it hit, no? Really? I didn't know his mom was. Are you sure? <laughs> you, it's, it's, <laughs> what <it's>, Michael Myers <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> you got to listen, you got to watch the newer movie. I think it's like a 2010 one that came out, uh, Halloween. Uh, maybe you can watch it one of these days. But basically, you know, he starts off as a young kid and he gets bullied because his mom is a stripper. And then, uh, so he, he starts to build that anger and frustration. And then his stepdad is an alcoholic that beats his uh, mother. And, you know, he has a sister that's kind of like a whore, you know. So all this built-up frustration eventually leads to him to kill his sister, his sister's boyfriend, uh, his stepdad. And, you know, his mom actually in the movie ends up killing herself because she can't handle with the guilt that she created, the monster that she created, you know. It's crazy, man. This must be the Rob Zombie one. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, it's Halloween, and I think it's uh, oh, no. 2010. Rob Zombie directed oh, a couple oh, okay, of the okay. most recent ones. He didn't yeah. do these new ones, Yeah. but he was the guy before this. So that time timeline kind of lines up. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, uh, yeah, uh, so basically, you know, goes to show that, uh, you know, I, I believe, you know, if a kid is given a good home and a good parents, yeah. he'll be good at heart. And then, you know, you got those people that, went through bad relationships and bad stuff and then that's why they're the way that they are you know not not to say it's okay not to say that they can't change but you know some people were dealt the wrong hand i guess you know and i think it's a good rule of thumb but i can also tell you like from uh, just having kids of my own that they're they're human beings and they're gonna do what they want to do too like my son that dude can spend money like no one's business, man. And he, he doesn't know how to save. He's ready to spend money before yeah, he you, even gets it. You were telling me. I didn't teach him that. Like, yeah. that, that's him. That's There's some something in his DNA that that tells him that, you know, that money's burning a hole in his pocket. Yeah, you were telling me, you know, um, when I when you interviewed me for a podcast, how, you know, he, he got his first job, and he already knew what he was going to spend his first paycheck before it even hit the bank. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, you know, you know, right now, you know, there's a lot of uh, social media and stuff, and you know, people see all the stuff and they want it. You know, I want the new uh, car, the new cell phone, the new this, the new that. So yeah, you know, it goes back kind of to that. I believe, you know, 
people will see that and then they're already like, man, I got this money, I gotta go spend it. You know, I gotta go get this so I can be cool with everybody else. Both know? his grandpas like to spend money too, though, man. <laughs> like, there's a there's a genetic genetic component. Yeah, yeah we're all that goes wired. We're all wired uh, genetically in a certain way that you know that that's why I believe certain people become alcoholics and drug addicts. Yeah, it's because they're wired in a sense that you know that they'll become addicted kind of to it. That's because sure. you know I I don't like drinking too much. You know, it's not it's not really my cup of tea, you know. But, you know, my uncle was an alcoholic, so you know, he drank every single day, you know, until he died. So it's so it's kinda like, you know, I just you know, I feel like there's something in our brain, you know, that some people are wired a little different. Some people are, you know, genetically predisposed uh, to alcoholism and stuff like that. So Yeah. I think my son has got something to wear. <laughs> His grandpa's passed down and they got it from somewhere too, right? Yeah. Or he's got that money burns holes. I was actually fire. listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about uh, past traumas in people. And, uh, you know, if your mom was uh, didn't have a caring mom and, uh, you know, didn't have that, that child, um, you know, when, when babies are childs, they, they have to be loved or they'll grow up a certain way if they're yeah. not loved, you know? So, so that trauma passed on to her kids, you know? When she had her kids, she was acting the same way towards them. And then they realize, you know, he realized that, and he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do the same thing. You know, I'm going to change yeah. and be different. So, but they were talking about how scientifically past traumas uh, will run down your family's bloodline. So, of course. Of you know, course. alcoholism, drugism, uh, spending money, you know, all that type of stuff will run down through. It's kind of like a generational curse, I believe, you know. Yep. So, um,. So it's kind of the same question, but kind of not. Uh, what motivates you every day? Like, what, what is there something that you do every day that motivates you to get up and, you know, do your thing? Um, I don't know, man. Just like, uh, I think I got like some ADHD or some ADD <laughs> to where like uh, there's always just ideas swirling around in my head. Yeah. And I've got creativity. A, well, I got a, like a shit ton of energy, man. And mm -hmm. I got to go out and I got to spend that, that energy uh, or else like I'm not happy. Yeah, really. So uh, I, I have to work out. I have to compete. I have to be creative, you know, whether it be my podcast or my books. Uh, I got to interact with people. I, I think I am just uh, kind of like motivated. Uh, Naturally. Because of, of life. And then also this, too, like as of late, like I got to watch my dad pass away. And um, my dad was always someone that I thought that would live forever. Like that dude had to. Yeah, a lot of energy. I, I never in a million years thought that. Um, yeah, he, that he would pass away so soon. You know, I, I, maybe a, an accident. Yeah, but I never thought that he'd get ill and uh, and pass because I'd seen him get ill and knock on death's door a number of times and yeah. he would just always kick out. So. <laughs> I remember like so vividly how uh, we were out there mowing yards. You know, you were helping me, and you got a call from him saying that he they found cancer in him, but. Um, and he, you know, he was telling you like, you know, like, I feel like it, like death is coming after me, you know, like I can feel it. And, you know, you kind of brushed it off yeah. like, oh, he was, you know, probably because you thought that way of, you know, he's my dad, you know, he's a tough guy and, you know, uh, nothing can take him out, you know. So seeing somebody uh, on their deathbed and uh, being with them in their, in their final hours uh, and experiencing somebody uh, go, go on to the afterlife, if there's an afterlife, right? Yeah, uh, it gave me like a, a, a new appreciation of uh, of life, almost like a, like I got shocked, um, and it and it woke me up to something that uh, I didn't know was uh, really there. 
Yeah. You know, so I don't take life for granted no more. Uh, I like to make, you know, every day, you know, like a masterpiece in some sort of another. And uh, that, like, that's the kind of stuff that, that motivates me. Yeah, that that's really good. Um, they they call it uh, "momento morir." It's like a like an old saying in uh, like um, in literature, I think, and uh, philosophy. And basically, it's like you know you, you start thinking about we're all uh, immortal. I think immortal or mortal. 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 So we can all die. You know, at any moment, at any time. You know, this could be my last podcast. This could be your last podcast. I mean, we just don't know. So that that type of thinking, you know. It gives you life in a sense, you know. Death gives you life in a yep. sense. A hundred. They say, you know, whenever that that's why a lot of people, you know, cops and you know people that do crazy stuff, it, you know, they get that rush and that feeling like they're alive, you know. And some people become addicted to that feeling where you know they got to be doing something crazy all the time to make them feel alive, you know. Yeah, man. Like uh, you don't know. All of our days are numbered. You know, I can go home and they can find you know colon cancer. And- <laughs> Yeah, it, it's coming for all of us. I mean, shit, it took out the Black Panther, right? Yeah, you know the Black Panther. Uh, I had a teacher in uh, College Park, Miss um, Bozeman. I don't know if you know her. Her, that's her cousin. Really? Yeah, Chad. Uh, what was his name? I don't know, man. I forgot his name, but the black the guy. Rest played, easy, Black yeah, Panther. Bl- him. Easy. He. Uh, and it's crazy because uh, she had, she still has cancer, I think. And I met her. She hit me up on Facebook to do her yard. Because she lives close over here. And I was doing her yard, and she's like, oh, yeah, my, my cousin just passed, you know, the Black Panther. And I saw her post it on social media and stuff. I was like, what the heck? That was your cousin? It's a small world. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's a small, small world, man. Smaller than we think. Yeah, speaking of him, yeah. yeah Chad uh, Bozeman, isn't it? Chad Bozeman, I think so. I don't know. I may have yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's pretty cool, though. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I took her English class, and never in a million years would I have thought I'd see her again and I'd be mowing her yard, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of weird how life, or, or you, I mean, I, I met you in at Knox, you know, and you were always kind to everybody, waving at people. Some people didn't like it, you know, they were like, oh, screw this guy, who is he, you know? <laughs> like, I actually had a friend, you know, I always would talk to you and stuff, yeah. and he would be like, man, why are you talking to that guy? You know, screw that guy, you don't know him, and, and all this. <laughs> and I was like, man, why wouldn't I, you know what I'm saying? That may have been the dude that I found with all that fake weed in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they found somebody with fake weed? Yeah, right around your time, man. It yeah. was right around Christmas, man. Someone yeah. was trying to, someone was trying to, like, sell some stuff in the restroom, boy, and I... Oh, man, know. yeah. This is quite a bit of it. It might have been like an ounce or something. Yeah. Well, one of my friends got caught with weed uh, during when I was in school. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, it might have been him. And, um, yeah, but, you know, I was never in a million years would I have thought we'd be sitting right here right now. I'd be mowing your grass. You'd be helping me with my, yeah, you know, business. mowing, you know, a little while ago. and uh, Hitting a podcast. In yeah, the- a podcast right now. <laughs> you know, it's 2021. And, you know, that that was back in 2011, so 10 years ago, you know. A long time ago. 10 years ago, we'd be sitting right here right now. You know, just, and, and, you know, that goes back to saying, you know, always be kind to people, always talk to them, like kind of what you do and kind of what I do, you know. Because you you just don't know. You just don't know who that person is going to be. You could, mm-hmm. they could save your life, you know, or you could be stuck in the street and you'll, they'll remember you, you know. People are always, people might not remember your name, but they'll always remember how you, they make you feel. Yep. So, you know, they could lend you a hand. I mean, you just don't know. You just never know. I had one of my students in that class we were talking about. Me and my, my daughter were coming home, and uh, I, I saw this car, and it just, like, swerved off of I-45. Really? And uh, got off right there by uh, 
that bowling alley and uh, Oak Ridge over there. And that car, like, as soon as it got off 45 and onto the feeder, it took a hard swerve and, like, jumped the curb, missed a couple of trees. And oh, ended my up goodness. And ended up in the, uh, that, what is it, Luther's Barbecue or Sam's Barbecue? Uh, I think it's uh, Sam's Barbecue, maybe. Yeah, but it ended up in that parking lot, man, and I thought there was goddamn bees in the car. I didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And a, a girl jumps out of the car, and she's like, what in the hell are you doing? She didn't say hell. She said yeah. some other words, right? <laughs> and uh, I'd be damned if it ain't one of my old students. Really? He hops out of the driver's side. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Boy, and that, his girlfriend is giving him the business. She's like, our <laughs> baby's in the back seat. Why are you... He was trying to kill them. Oh my! Really? Oh, he was trying to hit, and run into a tree. I mean, really? he, when I told he was like suicidal or something. Something like that. You don't jump off forty-five. Yeah, and just, you know, and then just jump off the feeder and then hop a curve and you know narrowly missing two trees by the. My goodness. But long story short, man, that's a dude that I was really kind to back in junior high. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you know. I, I followed them off. I didn't know who the hell it was. Yeah. I just followed the car off the highway because I was like, there's something wrong here. This ain't right the way that they just left the highway. Yeah. I thought maybe someone was having a heart attack or a stroke. But I was able to, you know, leave my car uh, and follow them and say, hey, it's Coach, man. You all right? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> what was his expression when he saw you? Um, he, he wasn't in the right state of mind, man. But, man. you know, he... He uh, allowed me to sit with him, you know, while his, his girlfriend was calling the cops. And, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but we, you know, we sat there on the side of the street, and, you know, and we just chopped it up in that parking lot until the police got there, and they cuffed him and took him off, you know. But if I didn't know him, you know, who's to say that? He he could have done something different. could have done something. He could have had a piece on him, you know. Yeah. And, <clears throat> could have took his girlfriend out. <laughs> yeah, it, it could have took me out, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man, but you should always be kind to people. That yeah. Way. Was quite the experience. Wow, that that must have been a great lesson for him too. You know, like hey, you know, you you might have been like his little guardian angel or something. Uh, maybe on that day, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> He's a nice kid though. I like him. Yeah. Well, I'm a. Uh, we're gonna cut it a little short here. Yeah. But we're gonna come up with the uh, part two. You know, later on down the road. Yeah. And um, but it was really good talking to you. Uh, you want to plug in your socials? Uh, kind of talk about your book maybe quick and uh, yeah, man. your books and uh, your podcast real quick. Yeah. Uh, so you could find me at coachortiz.com, and uh, that'd be like your one-stop shop. You'd uh, be able to find uh, my books that I've been writing and been publishing, and I'm going on book number five at this point. You know, so hopefully sometime in the spring that fifth book could come out. Um, and then you could also find uh, my podcasts. I got a podcast called uh, The Be Someone Podcast. You know, we just go around talking to folks, chopping it up, having a good time. And, you know, it's a really cool spot to, to find me. You can also find me on Instagram, you know, Chris Ortiz and Facebook and all this other stuff, man. But, yeah, if, um, if y'all don't follow, if y'all haven't followed this guy yet, uh, really follow him. Uh, yeah, I know this is more of a mowing and you know lawn podcast but he's a he's a really good uh, author he has really good children books for all his children all y'all that have children uh he's a very good guy in general you know he's a you might you might be on his podcast one day he has a podcast nope. and i cut grass <laughs> eric is the boss man when I do that. <laughs> yeah he's he's a really good worker and uh you know i mean you know the first day he helped me out it's like he's been doing this his whole life you know so 
Well, we're going to cut it right there, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, man. Take care and have a blessed day.